one good evening and welcome to the boom or bust nrl fantasy podcast so we're in week four of our pre-season reviews and strangely enough we're in part two of our week four pre-season previews which is a mouthful to say part two, baby. <laughs> well look i'm your host Stuart lord and tonight i'm joined by nick lord who has our numbers guru who you just heard in the background oh g'day guys and i've also got mitch brown who is our expert physio hey guys how's it going good 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 long time no speak at least seven minutes so <laughs> but look, that, at popular request we have split into two parts so people who are interested in a particular team or just like their podcast not to go for quite as long can listen to us in shorter chunks I'm not sure we're that much shorter, I'll be honest with you, just because it's more time. It's not at all. To talk I think we're actually going to end up going longer. <laughs> we quite possibly are, but that's fine because you get to pretend that you've listened to a podcast in a shorter amount of time. Um, you know, if if you haven't listened to part one yet, please go back and listen. You know, you'll hear all of the news and reviews from the Raiders. Uh, you'll hear the news about Tyrell Sloan uh, as well as everything else. The one thing I will mention again, however, is that, uh, look, visit our Facebook or Instagram pages at Boom or Bust NRL. We are on there every day. We're quick to respond. If you ask questions, if, you know, you think that we don't know what we're talking about, whatever it is, we'd love to hear from you and because we love talking footy, as by the length of this podcast, you guys can tell. <laughs> So, look, if you make it this far, then you're either related to us and you're listening to it or you you really like your footy. So thanks for listening, guys. Um, today, uh, for this part two, we're going to look at the Sharks. And the Sharks are a bit of a team in flux this year because they have shed a lot of players. They've kind of cleaned out the cap like the Bulldogs. They've got a new coach and uh, a lot of change this year. Um, and look, just before we dive in, the very last thing is is that we've got our NRL league up as well, guys. So look, check out our bios um, on the Facebook page or on the link tree everywhere else at Boom or Bust NRL. Uh, join our league. Show us how it's done. Call us city, whatever you like. You know, we're, we're up for it. We love talking. So Don't worry. You won't get the spoon that is reserved for me. Thank you very much. That's it. As you can see there, I've already, I've already given Nick the spoon. We've already beat him down mentally. <laughs> That's it. I'm not taking theory. I'm not doing it. (laughs) Neither am I. Neither am I. Oh, you two nuggets. Anyway, so (laughs) we'll we'll come to that. We'll come to it about how these guys are going to be flogged by like some seven-year-old who auto-picks his team. So (laughs) let's go into the NRL Sharks. Look, they've got some off-season additions which look quite good. So let's start with the guy um, who isn't on their playing roster, but I thought I'd give a shout out to her now, Craig Fitzgibbon, who is a former Roosters, and I want to say former Dragons uh, legend, not maybe not legend, uh, veteran, somewhere between the two. He's a legend of the NRL, I'd say, from his playing days. He's definitely a state of origin legend, in my, in my opinion, you know, um, absolutely historical performances and, you know, awesome goal kicking second rower. There we go. I, I just didn't want to throw out too much, but no, fair enough. I, if other people agree, I'm ha- happy to throw out their legend. So he's he's come in and he's he's joined this year. He overtook John Morris in what I think was John Morris was a bit hard done by in it all up there, but you know it is what it is. And Craig Craig Fitzgibbon has served his time 
at the Roosters and, and come out the other side still looking good. So that's always a nice start. They've also picked up some guys in the off-season. So look, we got... Uh, let's start off with the guys that uh, the new coach did want. So uh, Dale Finucane, who's come from the Melbourne Storm on what I think is a pretty pricey... Is it a three or four-year deal? I feel like it's a four-year deal, guys, that he's on. Like it's a big, at, at how much? Big money. I'll have a look. Hang on. Yeah, you, you Mitch, Mitch, look, I'll let you look that one up. So, look, look we've got Dale Finucane, who's joined from the Melbourne Storm on a big money deal. We also have Nico Hines, who's come up as well. And both of these guys are what I would call uh, culture players. So, they're, yeah, they're just, by all accounts, quality players are also good guys to be around, which is always a great place to start. They're not Seven, the kind of 750K. guys. 750K. How many years? Oh, how many years? Four years. Oh, 750K. Yuck. So, But look, he, he's an origin-level player. And to be honest with you, this current blue side, you know, to crack into it, even just the 17, you got to be pretty damn good. He's 30, though. Oh, 30 I don't know years old. I, I think that's a bit yucky. I think he only really has one or two good years left. Yeah, yeah one or I agree, 100%. Uh, okay, fair enough. Dalfa Newcane, the guys that called you old are not worth your money. So, look, let's add that one to the list of grudges that we've Oh, started. please, God, not him. <laughs> he scares me. <laughs> there we go. Nick, write that one down, please. I've, I've entitled Nick as the, the list of uh, grudges that we've started over time. Make sure I'm not part of that one. Dale, I think you're, you're a stud, mate. So, look, you're worth every dollar. You're worth every dollar for all four years. So, that, you know, the day you retire, I, you'll be too old. So, I don't think it's Dale for I think it's just Dale Finucane's contract. So that's the that's the slander here. <laughs> the slander is against the nugget who signed him for four years at that price. I say, okay, so he's insulted Craig Fitzgibbon and the NRL board. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the Sharks NRL board. Okay. Yeah, I know. feel much more comfortable with that. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So there goes your job at the Sharks. No, anyway, moving on. Uh, look, we also, they picked up Matt Ikevalu from the Roosters, who is the only guy that's come across from the Roosters. We've got a couple of edge players here. Like when I say edge, I mean like on the fringe players here and Jaden Burrell and Lockie Miller who've joined. And we got a guy who has joined who was not on the list, who was hired well before um, the new coach was hired in Cameron McInnes, who is a, he's, look, he's not a legend of the game, but he's certainly an NRL fantasy legend. Absolutely. And uh, so we'll feature heavily on this podcast, though, you know, seems a bit risky for me, Just possibly due to the fact of, you know, on the road to recovery from his injury, possibly due to the fact that the coach never chose him. But look, he's a quality player. So, and he seems to be a culture player too. So, look, guys, you know, they seem like decent pickups, don't they? Especially when they've cut some dead wood from the team. Like Aaron I Woods. Think, I, yeah, well, Aaron Woods to St. George, yep. That, that's a good That's a good pickup. Um yeah, I, I, I would think they've only made good decisions here. Um, they've got rid of some serious dead wood and, and, and negative cap space. I think all of them are good signings, even even Cameron, Cameron McInnes that uh, Fitzgibbon obviously didn't have anything to do with. I think he adds a lot of starch uh, and toughness to this team. I, I really liked um, what he was able to bring to St. George. I just basically think you know he was, he was effectively ousted. Um, when Mary was, um, you know, sent out of Cogra Jubilee. So I think everything they've done in the off-season has been pretty good. I think 
Dale Finucane's contract's a little bit bigger than I would have liked, but certainly for this season, great pickups and great non-signings with the with the players they let go. Mm. Yeah, I'm a big fan too. Big fan. Yep, and I think they're a year away from finally cleaning up once they get clear of Andrew Fafita's $800,000 a year contract. Oh, yuck. Oh. And, well, no, no, at, at the time, which is, I think he signed it just after, after you remember that State of Origin game? Yeah. That he had where he absolutely blew everyone out of the water. I'm but how many that. years was that contract? It was, it like was one of those four, four or five-year five contracts. You sign a four to a four or five year contract, or better still, a pain ass ten year contract. You should lose your job. That is a silly thing to do. Hmm. That's he all was twenty eight. He was twenty eight at the time, though. And and he had already been flagged for knee issues at that point. Ridiculous signing. It's it's a miracle the Sharks have been able to play as well as they have over the last few years. So it says a lot about um, coaches like John Morris, who I thought was a bit hard done by to lose his job. Yeah, it was. We'll, we'll put him on the list of people we haven't got grudges against. John Morris, well done, mate. <laughs> he'll, he'll be in Enjoy my corner. Ball. He'll be on. He'll be in my corner. Come the uh, NRL Magic Ground uh, Rumble. That's that's <laughs> likely to occur. <laughs> so we're one up, and we're like seventy-five people down. I'm not even sure it'll make Magic Ground, mate. He'll probably be coaching SG Ball, unfortunately. That is unfortunate. All right. So, commiserations to uh, John Morris over there. But look, let's let's move on after the pickups to the injury review. So, Mitch, let me yep. hand it over uh, to you, mate. Let's run through it. So, uh, Ronaldo Molitalo, uh, fractured jaw, uh, returned out in the preseason, guys. It's a six to eight week recovery. He's had plenty of time to uh, get over that. Uh, no major issues. Would expect to start the season with no problems. Cam McInnes, so ACL uh, injury, he's set to uh, return in the preseason. Uh, he's had a great period of time off. We've spoken about this the last three podcasts. Um, he's had that sort of period where the ligament has likely to have remodeled, or rather the tendon has likely to have remodeled into more of that ligamentous style structure. He has had obviously that long period off, so there is some game conditioning. He may potentially have a reduced role in round one. Um, with time off but that said you know if I was coaching him I'd certainly just give him a good go in the trials and really try and build him up in those in those few games there so my suspicion would actually be particularly with his role as a workhorse and a, and a, and a serious tackler that we shouldn't see a ridiculous downturn in performance as far as his injury is concerned um, I'm not sure if you'll have a dragon-esque role at Cronulla um, but with respect to the injury um, I would not be scared yeah, to pick him up based on the ACL injury, uh, given time off and, and the role he, he typically has. Uh, Franklin Pele, uh, Liz Frank injury, again, slated to return in the preseason. It is a nasty injury affecting the midfoot. Uh, primarily affects players' ability to step, change direction, and hit top speed. It generally does have good outcome. Um, if the surgery is successful, which it has been. Um, as always with this injury, though, I do like to wait two to three weeks um, to view performance, roll, and see how their stats are sort of um, eking out in that scenario, particularly when they're a backline player. Um, Wade Graham, concussion. Uh, again, he's set to return in the preseason. Um, the concussion is an interesting one. The more you have, the more time you seem to have out. It's not particularly well known. And it's such a fresh injury in the, the medical landscape. It's a really tricky one to know. But what we do know is that some players are more susceptible than others. 
Um, and there is at this point starting to be a bit of a concern over Wade's long-term health conditions like CTE and possibly some correlations with um, dementia, which we're seeing in some of those players that are now hitting their 50s and 60s. I know there's been some chat on Triple M about a few players who have sort of developed symptoms like that. Um, the, the, the final thing is um, there's a good chance of recurrence for this concussion, guys. Um, given given the nature of, of rugby league, which is a contact um, sport and Wade's role in, at lock, I, I would be very surprised if he's not going to cop another head knock probably within the first half of the season. And, and once again, it's likely to rule him out for, for a sustained period of play. From a sort of NRL or sort of, sorry, sort of fantasy perspective, um, the injury itself should have very little implication on his performance and style of play. The biggest issue is the enormous risk of reconcussion or potentially other injuries. He has quite a, a long history of injuries um, outside of the concussion. I would say sort of based on this, um, he, he's a total stay away and he might even be forced into uh, retirement like Boyd Cordner was uh, last year, which is a bit of a shame because he's a really fun player to watch. He's a, he's a bit of a Swiss army knife. He can play any position uh, and do pretty well anything. I'm, I'm quite a big fan of Wade. Um, Andrew Fafita is the final one. He had the uh, fractured larynx last year, which is a really scary injury. And I'm glad to see that he sort of got through that. Returners are uh, to be advised. As I sort of said, it's an extremely serious injury. It results in an emergency, what I can garner, an emergency tracheotomy. Uh, and unfortunately, during that process, it seems that the uh, one of the arteries in the vicinity was nicked. I've actually seen a tracheotomy uh, done live a few times, and it's a um, it's quite a an involved process. It's not like sort of those medical shows where they go in there and stab a pen in or something to that effect. So when it has to be done quickly, there is a lot of risk. So it doesn't surprise me at all that there was a bit of a bleed and he, he did nearly lose his life. Um, time for return is currently unknown. He needs to rebuild his running and strength uh, and conditioning due to the large time off, due to the need to make sure the airways were patent once again and he wasn't putting too much stress in that area. Um, based on the deconditioning from the fantasy point of view, I would consider um, or would suspect that he will have... Uh, a loss of conditioning and therefore um, possibly loss of game time and a decreased role. Um, there may even be some uh, hesitancy psychologically due to the trauma. Hard to say uh, with Andrew, he's a pretty tough character, but I certainly would be hesitant to run into any tackles or hit-ups after, after going through that. Probably the bigger consideration, which, which isn't really talked about, is Andrew was really struggling with knee injuries prior to this um, fracture. And um, I, I would say, based on his knee history, he's a total um, write-off as far as fantasy. I wouldn't be looking at him at all. I think he's going to continue to have a downturn in minutes. I think the deconditioning through his legs as a result of the larynx fracture is only going to exacerbate that. He's had decreased playing time. Um, he, he may even be lucky to make a return in, in any form. I think this, this Sharks team is a little bit stronger than last year, and he might actually struggle to crack the 17 based on on all of those uh, things. No, fair enough. No, that's, thank you for that. That's a really good breakdown, unfortunately, to hear about uh, a couple of those players who, you know, may say their uh, careers cut short due to a uh, bit of injury and how it affects their form. But that's, you know, it's always better to be, to know that up front than to uh, buy someone and be a bit disappointed by them. So thanks, Mitch. That's right. I, I got burned by Wade last year and, uh, rolled the dice thinking maybe I could eke, eke uh, 50 to 100k out and unfortunately it did go down to that concussion guys and I, I really just 
think there's a total inevitability about that, but I, I actually honestly hope I'm wrong. So, I mean, if you want to roll the dice, I, I don't think he's going to have any other injury other than a concussion. I think that really is the most likely one, but hey, it's rugby league, head docks are basically inevitable. So up to you on that one. Did uh, Stu sell you that snake oil last year? I did. He did. He did. I did. He did. No, he that was. Gold. You know what? That I was. was that was downright sabotage. That was absolute sabotage <laughs> in hindsight. Mate, and I, I didn't take my own 15, advice. There was fifteen points in him, and there was. There was. Gen- he was scoring fifteen points over his break even because he had a, a head knock early in the year, I think, like and uh, another injury early in a row. It's. But you know, he didn't have the history of the long sit out, whereas he didn't. From I. You know, I want to say that he went down in like round 14 or something when they reloaded to just before they relocated to Queensland. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things that the, the concussion, the more, as I said, the more you have, the longer you tend to sit out yeah. and they're getting stricter and stricter on it. Yeah. And it was, uh, I, I made the grave mistake of listening to you, basically. Oh, <laughs> uh, look, he, he, was averaging, he was averaging in sort of the 45 mark, right? Which is, you know, good guns for a guy who was priced at the time at uh, just around 400k. But, yeah, he did go down round 14, didn't make the transition to Queensland and obviously didn't come back. But hopefully, I'm hoping they've gone, you know, instead of, you know, maybe some Wolverine-style Mantium to a skull and, you know, comes back as an absolute stud. But, yes, I think more likely a stay away, unfortunately. And I won't be recommending him to anyone. <laughs> so this, Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately. So, look... Let's move over to the Sharkies' a strength of schedule. So, Nick, take us away, mate. Guys, Sharks have the easiest schedule in the whole comp, right? That's why I'm hiring them this year. They have the bye in round 13. So That's not great pick... for NRL fan. It, I guess if anyone's new, the first bye round isn't as good because it means you've got to trade earlier, but it is what it is. Yeah, it means... Um, well, this, this is the the tough thing as well is they actually have the second easiest run to round 13 so you're thinking okay I'll bring your Sharks guys but Stu's sort of thinking well you got to move them out for that week and it, so it is a bit bit awkward um, and they're the 12th easiest um, post-origin so that's like fourth hardest um, post-origin uh, which is round 18 onwards and they get a soup in terms of stretches they've got an absolute walk in the park I reckon they've got the Eels round 2 um Dragons round three, Knights round four, and the Tigers round five. Other than that, it's pretty up and down. Um, but, yeah, the, the main stretch is uh, up to the buyer in round 13, uh, second easiest in the comp. That's pretty impressive. So, okay, so that's... Well, at least you know that, you know, if you're starting off with some guys who are a bit 50-50, if they're dependent on a win... Uh, game one, by the way, if, in case you guys at home are wondering, Friday 11th of March is away versus the Raiders at GIO Stadium. So, you know, yeah, if, if you haven't listened to our, like we all had Raiders top eight this year. Some of us had top four or just outside. So that might be a tougher game. Uh, but a sports bet apparently has them at even odds. So that's an interesting one. Even yeah, odds right. to make the eight. No, no, no. Even odds against uh, Raiders versus Sharks round one. Wow. Okay. I think the Raiders will beat them by 20. Oh, there you go. Well, not that we're a gambling podcast or anything like that. But, not you know, yet. If you want to... <laughs> but, um, you know, <laughs> if, if, you, if you do want to make a uh, sandwich sandwich bet against your friend and take take the money from him and his family's mouth, you, you know, Mitch is predicting a Raiders win there. So... Look, that, that's good to know because it looks like the beginning of the season is pretty early. And I, 
you know, let's have a look through their, uh, what I see is their likely best 17 and the rest of their top 30. So look, at one we have a bit of a surprise fella, Will Kennedy at fullback. Look, I, I didn't really rate him much last year, but as the season went on, he turned out to be what I would call a solid choice, right? Very classy, very classy. Yeah, doesn't have what I would call like, uh, you know, in the NFL style, elite athlete prospects. But no. uh, like as far as top speed, change the direction, everything else. But he seems to have a great head on his shoulders and be good enough at everything else to make up for it. So uh, at wingers, we have uh, uh, Sione Katoa and we have uh, Ronaldo Montalo. Uh, at centers, we have Connor Tracy, who is really a Mr. Fixed in that side. They've got him in the side because he can, he can just about play anywhere. And Mr. Tackle Bust himself, Jesse Ramian. Now, at six, at the moment, I have Matt Moyland, Mr. Disappointment. Goal. For fantasy, oh. NRL fantasy only. As a person, I'm sure he's amazing. Top bloke as a person. Top bloke as a person, only for NRL fantasy. Um, and as a former Panthers player, look, I wish that he'd stayed with us and won five premierships, but he didn't, and it's, you know, didn't do great elsewhere. But unfortunately, that's, I think, is the luck of the game. Um, but look, Matt Moylan at six, I've got at this stage, uh, beating out uh, Braden Trindle. And at seven, we have the new recruit, Nico Hines, to run the show, who's an interesting fellow to look at. Uh, I've got Toby Rudolph moving from lock to prop, uh, along with uh, the other new, the, one of the other new recruits, Dale Finucane. I've got Jaden Braley at hooker. Oh, sorry, not Jaden Braley. Oh, his brother, Blake Braley at hooker. Uh, I've got Britton Nakora and Wade Graham on the edge. I've got the uh, Cam McInnes, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Fantasy Star at 13. On the bench, I have Braden Hamlin-Uwaley of the WWE finishing move. <laughs> at Felt so good. I've got uh, another one of those Mr. Fix-It style guys, Teague Wilton, who plays a fair few positions at 15. I've got... Uh, old reliable Aiden Tolman who's not really that old but <laughs> he seems to be relatively reliable at 16 and I've got a guy who geez I wish he was starting off in the side I've got uh, Sarasifa Talakai at 17 who's just he's like Conrad Hurrell only better so and out of the uh, out of the other players I've got uh, a few guys I've got Braden Trindle who is quite a good prospect to start at the sixth position, and that has significant fantasy implications if he does, because he will take more of a role. He's that sort of guy. I've got Franklin Peely, who we talked about earlier, uh, has a foot injury. Like, we just hear, whenever Pete guys talk about the Sharks, they have raps for this guy. Um, they had to stop him doing so much work in the weight room because he was putting on too much muscle. So while the other guys are jack and weight, he's on the bike because he puts on too much muscle and works too hard. You have that problem too, don't you, Stu? I do, mate. (laughs) Like just general all-round beefiness, then yes. That's why they call you the beef geek. Yeah, weight game 5,000, mate. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, look, we also got, I've been hearing good raps about another young fellow who's a rugby recruit, Jaden Barrell, 
who's another one of those guys who like you just hear in the reports from some of the some of the guys who really keep an eye on the juniors uh hearing sort of he's just one of those guys with absolute talent to burn they've beat out uh rugby uh union for his uh signature on this one so it could be one of those ones where he just forces his way in just due to the fact that like he's the man of the future Ferrell's in um 18 and a half percent teams at the moment which is very significant i think that is the auto pick feature i'll be honest with you because i think the people get to the last uh, four they've got 800 grand or so and they just hit auto pick yeah he and uh wishart for the storm i've noticed have been very high along yep. with moali for the rabbits and i auto picked a few times those guys were chosen most times so yeah, right. but, but look he's a guy worth like just keeping the back of your head if you hear him in the starting 17 at some point he's one of those guys who quite possibly go from nowhere to starting 17 to starting 13 if if a spot opens up all right let's look let's i guess dive into the more fantasy relevant players so nick how about you kick us off mate who have we got first up guys is um nico hines 602k his break even is 48 and his 2021 average was 46 he played 22 games and he's a dpp guys he's a half and a wing fullback um he played sort of all around the place he played 13 games in fullback and when he played um greater than 70 minutes he averaged 60 and a half so kicked uh, goals in most of those games. Um, he played two games at halfback and 5'8", uh, combined, that is, and he only averaged 40. So there is like a 20-point variance between him playing halfback and uh, fullback. Um, what I'm most concerned about is he's going from the best attacking team, so the Storm scored 33.1 points per game, <laughs> to the Sharks, who were 21.7, so they're eighth. So he's not going to like absolute dumpster fire, but he's going to a team that, you know, clearly isn't nearly as potent as the Storm, uh, which affects him obviously in all of his attacking stats. Um, the interesting thing will be those. Uh, apparently on NRL.com article, he'll be taking uh, goals um, uh, as far as kicking, but I, I have no idea about his general play kicking. If I'm honest, what sort of kick means you can expect? Um, uh, if you like, I got him here. The answer is is that they're not uh, previous at the storm. They're not much. Like we've got no games over 100 meters. Uh, when at uh, five eighth, uh, or coming off the interchange either. Like just didn't kick that much at all. But you know, obviously, if he's partnered with Matty Moyland, who kicks even less, the answer is a fair bit. Like we're talking about 300 meters possibly a game that it'd be close so- to kick. Possibly, but you might find... I mean, they're both effectively um, ball-running halves. Oh, I wouldn't be shocked if they split it closer to 50-50. I really wouldn't. Oh, quite, so, quite possible. So maybe he gets a bit of an uptick, but I, I don't think he'll be having the lion's share. And there's just massive question marks over his ability to act as a general uh, in the halfback role. I, I look at him and sort of am very standoffish about it, to be honest. Yeah. My big question mark over the Sharks as a team, to be honest. Yeah, I I would say in, in defence that is that Nico Hines has been around the Origin team, which Craig Fitzgibbon has a bit to do with. So he would have had a better look at him than both most before he spent the coin. So like he he could have gone for Luke Metcalf, like the Warriors have done, or Braden Trindle. 
but he's he's dug in deep and he's he's got Nico Hines and yanked him out of the storm. So it says to Maybe. me there's something there. Maybe, but look at Trent Barrett and how good a coach he's been. He spent time around the Origin, the Origin uh, Blue squad. So That's true. I'm he not allowed. Oh, much not... worse side though. <laughs> the Desi disaster. Anyway, the Desi disaster that made the finals the next year. Yeah, uh, mate. I've I'm still not a still not a huge fan of like how long it's taken to to cull that roster back. No, I was talking about when uh, Barrett went to Manly. Oh yes, yes. Okay, I got you. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the dogs. Anyway, no. Moving on. Um, I've got um, Braden Trindle as the next. Uh, man. Sorry, where are we sitting on Nico Hines? Because uh, oh, bust. I think it's spicy because I reckon if he's playing with Matty Moylan, right? He's not a bad guy because you've got a guy playing at uh, number seven behind a guy who Matt Moylan is in very much in what I call a supporting role, right? Runs the ball a bit and then gets in the right passes the guys to hit hit holes are uh, very much Matt Dufty style so so what, what do you see him averaging then I have him averaging sort of uh, 50s? probably close to the mid yeah mid 50s or so so there's a point wow. there. but I also have him that if he is averaging mid 50s at wing fullback that puts him near elite status it's not okay. quite Teddy level but you've got a guy who you can have in there it's it's not a bad choice I don't so think he'll average above 45. I'm willing to put a sandwich on it. Yeah. I'll just bring it back to his halves partner. What if he's with Braden Trindle, Stu? How do you see him there? Uh, uh, with Braden Trindle, he is a bust. Uh, chuck a star, actually, at his current price because he's still a dual player, right? If he's with Braden Trindle, his price will come down. It'll all even out. You keep an eye to see what shakes out. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um See, see how he goes if he's got Braden Trindle, but with Matt Moylan, I probably would really consider buying him, actually, Matt, uh, Mitch. I, I, ju- I just think because of that uncertainty, you just couldn't have him as anything better than Chuck a star. But, but I do think, and when we get to Braden and Matt, I'll sort of make more of a point on it that I, I think he, I just think he's a bastard. Just, I've always, you know, it's well known that I haven't had much faith in the Sharks as a team for a few years. I just, I just think they're going to struggle a bit. Uh, we'll, we'll just kick into um, Braden Trindle then. Uh, we got uh, him at 478k. His break even is 38, and his 2021 average was 35.3 in 19 games. He's just a half um, compared to Matt Moylan and Nico Hines, who are both DPPs. Um, uh, he won't be kicking goals if he's behind Nico Hines, so that will um, reduce his average by um, five points, uh, something like that. Um, career halfback, he averages 50. So when you take in uh, that reduction of points, he averages about 45. But when 2021 halfback, he averaged 61.3. So you reduce the goals. He's averaging about 55, 56 guys. So at a break even of 38, if he gets the halfback role, I don't see why he, why he wouldn't yeah. be the guy averaging in the mid-50s. That's what, what I think. Yep. Well, uh, it, it's certainly a good question, and it could be that they flip the script. That's why I said if, if Braden Trindle's playing, it's very much I would see that um, Nico Hines take more of that Mo- Mo- Matt Moylan role, possibly just with a little bit more oomph behind it. Um, you know, a bit more distribution, a bit more hitting the holes and creating opportunities for the guys around him. I would say that Braden Trindle's price is popped up, propped up by two big blowout games, though. He got a double, uh, three goals, and... Uh, 
a whole bunch of other attacking stats versus the Seagulls, around 20 for an 87. And he got uh, like seven goals versus the Tigers in round 23. <laughs> seven. Yeah, so, that's huge. So like, uh, as well as a whole bunch of other attacking sense, uh, like uh, four try assists and seven goals. So he went ballistic Mitch, in that game too. Mitch, you, you're liking Brandon Trindle? Not necessarily liking him, but I'm more willing to put a star on him and just see how this uh, half situation at the Sharks shakes out. I just think there's more value to be had. And as, as Stuart said a few times, it's all about making cash. And I think he potentially has more. And, and I, I just have a feeling that at best, Nico Hines sort of stays the same value. So I, I would just keep an eye on him. I think with a larger sample size, I do think, you know, as you've got down here, that his career halfback average will likely stay in the 50s. So... Um, I, I just keep an eye out. We, we might even find come round one that Braden has the role of starting uh, halfback. My, my sense is looking at um, Hines and Moylan. They're effectively the same player, but Hines is a bit bit younger and less less worn and uh, injured. So so if I was Fitzgibbon, I would be playing Hines in 5.8 and Trindle at halfback. I'm, I'm really a bit miffed yeah. as to why Hines is finding his way into halfback. But anyway... Yeah. Well, look, if that's the case, Braden Trindle, if he's averaging low to mid-50s, that's 12 to 15 points. 17 points well, on his yeah. break. That, yeah. that, that's what I'm seeing right now. I'm thinking if he can get to mid-50s, that is an He's absolute, boom. Yeah, that, absolute boom. So Round one boom. I, I reckon we, we chuck a star. We see how things shake out during the trials. And see he's doing the kick meters, especially the later trials when they really get down to business, right? Like see, he, he, did, he did 300 kick meters uh, in as a career halfback per game, 300. That, that, that is pretty elite, I think. And that's including one game where he had 51 kick metres. So, you know, I, I just see him seriously you know, booing the, boo the ball. I don't see Hines necessarily taking too much um, general play kicking, um, you know. So I've got Brian Trino as an absolute lock for a boom if he starts. Fair enough. I, look, I... Okay, lock for this is one of the few ones where we're split all over the park on. So I've got a chuck a star, and I've got a a solid boom pick for him. So look, I'll I'll, I'll put him up there. I'll put it like boom if he starts. If he starts, boom if, if he, he starts. starts. Otherwise, chuck a star. So it's chuck yeah. a star realistically. Well, yeah, well, that's really because you're looking at him, aren't you? And I guess yeah. teamless Tuesday. Uh, by the way, everyone listening at home, all three of you. Um, if uh, be prepared, the teamless, the first teamless Tuesday one will probably be like a sixteen-hour marathon, Alex Jones style, sort of live from the. I am a hundred percent going to have to call in sick on Wednesday. Oh man, it's going to be absolutely epic. But we're going to have to take some leave that day, I reckon. Come it's going to be a bloodbath week of March because we're we're going to have to sit down, we're going to have to analyze it, and then you know it's all going to fall apart anyway. So, okay, Braden Trindle. Uh, boom if he starts okay who's next on the list uh, Manny Moylan the final halves option at 445k Bust. guys his break his, yeah his break even I want to I want to talk about him keep going yep okay he's played 16 games somehow I don't know how he's a DPP I'm dispatching him to the bus category the people who have him in his team you all you 1.4% of you you know you're going to get the Green Reaper this week Okay, Grim Reaper on your team. Matt Moylan, your face is on the Grim Reaper, and we're going to post that because do not get him in your team. Even if he starts, I don't care. Do not have him in your team. There are way better options. Don't bother. Jackson Hastings is out there for five grand more. 
a junior yeah. alone is out there for $95,000 less. If you've met more than it, you don't have a moan. I honestly, like, don't just stop listening to us, please. No, no, okay. p- please join the comp because Nick might have a chance. There are two things. There were two things I would say. Yes. Number one, he played more games last year than he has in a while. That's uh, sixteen uh, games, Mitch. Sixteen. Yeah, hang on, that's hang good. on. Let me. That by his standards of the last few, that's pretty good. And he was actually trending in a better direction. If you look at the injuries, they were, they were a much lower nature than what he's had before. Uh, and then the other thing I would say. Um, is what role does he have? If he ends up playing more that general role, because look, you look at Nico Hines, there's not a chance he's playing the general role. He is going to be the ball running 5'8". And my gut feeling is it's a bad decision to pick Matt Moylan because I think all likelihood it's going to be Hines and Trindle. But for whatever reason, if Moylan was to find his way into the team, at, at the least he's going to be have to be in the, more of that general role because as far as speed and agility goes, it just isn't quite there anymore. Um, he would be a super risky pick, and I'm almost playing devil advocate too because I do think he most likely is a bust, but I would just be super intrigued to see uh, what happens. I would reckon he will play at least 16 games this year, and I did say it about Jack Bird. The major turning point in Jack Bird's injury role or injury woes was the change in role. If they can put Matt Moyle into more of a general role, have him kicking, have him distributing a bit more bowl from the centre of the field and let Nico Hines do the running... I think that would reduce his injury risk and you would see a bit of an uptick in points. So um, I don't think he's a total rider. I actually think he's a Chaka star, um, but I, I wouldn't wouldn't be putting him in your draft teams just yet. I think okay. one four of you need to... to I've made, a, I've made a big error. He is not 44, 45K. He is 379K. And that's why he becomes a Chaka star. And okay. I, I, I think... I, I do not think he's a bust. Um, I, I just... I, I do think he's a high injury risk, but if they this is and this is really sort of um, if they um, do change the role, if they keep playing him in agile-based positions, whether it be fullback or five-eighth, he has to break the line. Number one, he's going to get injured, or number two, he's just flat out not going to be able to do it. If they flip the script and put him in the halves, which I do think he's capable of doing, and he gets more kick meters. Uh, and he has a few more tries, and he's just on the park a bit more. Um, I do think there's value there, but that's but how just many me. games? How many games until he breaks down again? Well, oh, uh, l- l- could be two, year, could be could be ten. Eight. Yeah, well, that's he, not. He actually it. he actually got through twelve games before he got injured last year, I believe. No, no he made it to round six and then got busted. Uh, he, he was out between round six and then he started again in round nine off the interchange. Yes, twenty nine minutes. So he made it that, six That was games. the quad strain, I think. Yep. Yep. And so he was back round nine, and then he played through to round 16 with a week off, obviously, for the bye, right? Yep. And he got a zero that game because I think he he possibly got injured in the first second or he was an early game scratch or something like that versus the Broncos. Something something bad happened there. He's got a zero listed against him there. Um, or possibly he was... Guys, Started, he averaged thirty three point eight in the full games. Thirty three point eight. What that, that? Well, the, the the my point would be that he was in a role that he just can't do anymore. He That's just can't do it. He can't do he, five eight. That's what you're asking him to do, though. No, I, he, he's saying that, I, that that basically, if if he ran more of a dinner suit role, which is run the team around, yep, distribute ball and yep. um, so, so Let, first receiver. He would be that's first right. receiver. He needs to be first receiver. So that's receiver. what I'm basically saying. Keep us, put a star on him. If he's first receiver and he's playing more in the middle of the field, um, he could be very interesting. 
yeah, I, I just I don't see the points in him if he is first receiver and running the dinner suit because of the clearing nerf as well, which means that even the kick meters it would just keep him around where he currently is. So look, the answer is I I do get your point. Like you know, he is probably worth chucking. It's a star not. Arm, it's it's not, not worth no money. Any trade, not worth any trade or any more time yeah. even us discussing everything. Okay, so look, I, I, I've got him down here, unfortunately, two to one as a bust, but I do take your point, Mitch, on that one. And, mate, Absolutely if you're out bust. there, we wish you all the best, mate. Like, we do. You become a 700K player, and Robert knows it's in it. So He's one of our favorite players to watch, no doubt. Like, he's so electric, but he's, yeah, cooked. He, he'll probably be on your side come the WWE as well because he doesn't like Phil Gould either, mate. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can say for a fact he doesn't like Phil Gould. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and uh, awesome. So we got that one as a bust. So we got uh, Jesse Ramian, five seventy eight k. Is break even is 46. 2021 average forty nine point two seventeen games. And he's the centre. I had him last year. I was pretty happy with him. He was sixth in the league in tackle busts at five point nine. So he's going to get the David Feeder tackle bust nerf. Unfortunately, guys. Um, so that's going to reduce his average by six per game, which is not good. Um, I'm think so. If you just take six off his last year average, um, he'll be averaging 49. Uh, sorry, 43. Um, I'm not overly excited. Um, except he could have some try upside, guys. He only scored five in 2021. So Mitch isn't high on the Sharks. I'm high on the Sharks. I think they'll be better. I think their attack will be better. Um, so I think they'll score more tries. So. But overall, I don't see him going anywhere. So I've got to start if he gets cheap, I guess. Well, uh, yeah, that's the best I can do for Jesse. Just at 578k, right? Now, could I ask uh, Matt Burton currently? Yep. His price is at 593, right? Yep. So for 15 grand, you get a guy who's playing number seven who's got kick meters as well as most of the upside of a Jesse Ramian, right? Jack. Bird, you and Aitken, both they're, around 540, 535, yeah. Yeah, cheaper. So on the other side as well. Like I just, I feel like Jesse Ramian will struggle to make it to starting sides. He's a great player if he magically appeared in your team, but he's definitely a chucker star for me just because he does have a couple of injury-affected games or just games where they get absolutely toweled and he starts dropping in coin at like... He could be a like a final run home keeper type thing if he gets cheap. Absolutely, Mitch. Any, what have uh, you got on? I think he's a bust. I I I, Ooh, I, bust. I, I do not think the Sharks are going to score more points with the halves pairings that they have available to him. I do think that there is some value potentially in those halves, but from a points and performance perspective from the Sharks, it's like the Brisbane of the last two years. They're going to be having real trouble getting led around the park. Um, and as a result of not having the sort of high octane players that the the Broncos had, I just don't see where the points are coming yeah. from. The, the, one good thing about Jesse Ramian that Nick pointed out, though, he's only scored five tries last year. He's not really relying on those attacking stats. He really just um, makes meters and make tackle bust. So the tackle bust will hurt, right? Because that's a five five point drop from what Nick was saying per game. Is that correct, Nick? Six yeah. points. Six points a game. So, look, I guess that point is like Chuck a star, but at least he's not relying on... He, he's not one of those guys like uh, Jason Saab, right? Who yeah, scored absolutely. a try every game last year and he still yeah. only got to 350k. <laughs> yeah, brutal. 
Yeah, so, so look, I've got him as Chaka star. Nick, what have you got? Same. Okay, well, look, we'll put him there, but, you know, with the caveat that you got to know what you're getting into, guys. And round one, death, right? He he is a grim reaper for your team if he is in round one because you've just spent the coin that could be spent in a lot better places. Absolutely. Couldn't yep. agree more. So he, that, he, in that he, sense, he's a bust when you look at the opportunity cost. He, he definitely yeah. is. He, I, I think he's a bust and definitely a grim reaper. Okay, well, look, let, let, let's put him in the bust category so people don't think, oh, look, but, you know, think at some him. point during the nah. season, he will come out because if, yep. if he has a bit of an off time, we'll yep. put him back in. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, guys, on to uh, William Kennedy, the fullback, 499K with a break in a 40. He averaged uh, just about that in 20, 21, 39 and a half. He played every single game, all 24. And he's a wing fullback. I think he is so classy. I don't see too many holes, if any, in his game. And he's very solid pretty much in every facet of the game as a fullback. He had his uh, best year last year, averaging... Um, I got written down here, 33 point, but it's 39.5. Oh, sorry, his career average is 33.8. So he was scoring 40 last year. So he was, you know, six points higher than his career average, which is good. Um... 14 tries last year. 14 tries is much higher. He had 146 running meters per game. Um, you know, for him to be in that top tier and to take the next level, he'll need to be getting to that 180 to 200 meters per game. Um, that will improve his average. Uh, 2.6 tackle busts per game, so he will suffer that for feet and nerf. At this price point, I'm not all that interested. He's pretty awkward. He's not cheap. He's not expensive. I don't see him really going anywhere. Mitch, do you have any feelings about Kenny? Where do you see him at? I think you hit the nail on the head. He's super classy player, but he's just stuck at that awkward price point. I suppose if you believed that the Sharks were going to have a good run against, as you pointed out, a, a really easy schedule, maybe there's 50 to 75k eked out of him. Um, yeah. But it'll be very up and down. I, I think, as Stu would probably say, there's just better options out there at that position where you, you might be able to cash in a bit more. That's it, especially if you're relying on a short-term gain. Like, it's not one of those guys who's like 250K who you can afford to sit on because your opportunity cost is very little. You've got to have someone fill in the slot. For 500 grand, like, you could really turn him in, turn him and like a bargain basement player into two great, you know, Junior Ramon style cash players. So, yeah. I, I, I would say... Yeah, bust. Bust. For me, just a fantasy terms of bust. Great player bust. Mitch. Yep, I agree. Yep. Okay. On to uh, Blake Braley, guys. The starting hooker for the Sharks is 570k. His break-even is 46. His 21 average 43.8. He played every single game and he's a hooker. His PPM is 0.56, which isn't great, but his Achilles is working. So, um, you know, he, he should be in for a good 2021. Okay, bad joke. Anyway, um, 2021, he had two tries. <laughs> <laughs> Five try assists. Too soon. Three line breaks, four line break assists, 40 tackles per game. He doesn't really run much. Uh, 41 metres per game. I, I know, you know, you like to see you guys whip it out, but I sort of felt like he could have run the ball maybe a bit more. He is quick. Um, you know, he I'm just sort of thinking... on because the Sharks thought he was better than his older brother. That says something. Yes. That they should be getting more in of him. Absolutely. Well... Um, we'll see what Craig Fitzgibbon thinks of him, really, and see if he has a, a changing role at all. Um, well, you towards got, the back you, end of the year... New South Wales tier hooker sitting in the side, don't you? Yeah, well, potentially, yeah. He, he 
missed Sorry, a lot of tackles. Cam McInnes, by the way. As yeah, yeah, yeah. As level for anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bra- Bra- Braley is, is like number seven on the list. Yeah. Oh, we'll see with McInnes. We'll get, we'll get to him in a sec. Um, Braley, I reckon he's carrying an injury, Mitch. Um, four point, I mean, sorry, 5.1 missed tackles in the last five games from round 21-25. Um, yeah. He, he may well have. I, I certainly haven't read anything to that effect, but whenever you see an unusually uh, steep drop-off in performance um, without anything named, often often the medical staff and the coaches just don't want anything said about the injury because they need that player out there. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked based on that statistic if um, Blake was carrying something and having to play through it. That would make a fair amount of sense to me, actually. Yeah, um, so... That's, a, that's quite a good point. I'm not as I'm a bit worried about that uh, stat in particular. Hopefully, he's fine around one. Uh, I haven't heard anything about surgeries, I suppose. So, assuming it's okay and it's all been rehab. Um, he misses more tackles than his brother. Um, one and a half more tackles per game. And also, Jaden makes 47 tackles per game rather than 40. So, um, I don't... Just because they're brothers, I'm not comparing them um, like other people probably will. Um, they appear to be different type of fantasy sort of players I've got no real interest in Blake Braley at this price point guys I'm not saying he's a, uh, just indifferent really Stu look I've got him as a spicy pick I think Ooh. I, yeah look he's one of those guys look if you think that they're going to do worse there'll be more tackles there'll be more work in the middle um, I think the craze fits given I think he'll he'll very much if you look at the guys that he's got in his side he's got quite an interesting forward pack and a bit of strike power at wide, I think. I think, he, but he knows how to play the game, like in the rooster style, which is you make the ground in the middle, you take your opportunities, and then you spread the ball, right? Yep. So I think that hopefully his coaching will improve Blake Braley's game. I think that as we've seen, uh, not to you know compare him to his brother too much, but like they they chose him for a reason. You know, that there's some obviously some talent there. So, and he's still, you know, 130 grand below most of the other top tier hooker choices out there. So, uh, there is some, there is some price to move there, but, you know, with Chris Randall arriving on the scene and possibly, uh, Tom Starling, you know, if he gets a role, you know, there may be better choices out there. That's why it's spicy, but he could be due. Okay. Mitch. What do you got him? Spicy? Uh, I think he's cashed out, mate. I think he's a bust. And and I'm not convinced he'll play hooker the whole season either. I think Cam McInnes will make the move at some point. Oh, really? Yep. Wow. Okay. Cam McInnes right. is a hooker, not a mid. That that was proven at St. George. Well, um, okay. Well, uh, yeah. I had him as indifferent. I had him as indifferent, so I'd sort of chuck a star in him. Fair enough. Oh, look, no, really, look, in that to... case, if you've got someone who's got him as a bust as well, look, we'll put him in the bust category, right? Yeah, now. agreed. Because the answer is, is that it's, it's one of those ones where, like, if Chris Randall wasn't on the scene, if uh, Jaden was still in the game, I'd, he'd definitely be a spicy choice because there just weren't that many options about and he had some room to move. But as it stands, yeah, probably not. All right, who we got hey, next? Uh, Wade Graham. Guys, four sixty-one k. He's a bust. Do not touch him. Yep, I'm, uh, I'm happy to basically leave it there. Easy. Uh, look, yeah, look. 
it's just the injury risk. I had him in a couple of my early drafts, but yes, when you when you put that risk in there, and at four sixty one, guys, even if you were going to take the punt, like there's a few guys like Nanai and a few guys like at the Cowboys and a couple of other edge rolls, um, you know, over at the Tigers. Uh, what's his name over at the Tigers? Um, Sean Bloor. So yep. like guys like that just wait for one of them to come good rather than really rolling a huge dice on Wade Graham uh, t- totally agree uh, one and a half percent of people have them so Grim Reaper to you 1.5 percent of people um, the Grim Reaper is coming for 4.5% of the playing base potentially at the moment <laughs> there might be the same people though it just might be one person with a really shit team <laughs> that'd be the one that'd be the 1.5% of fantasy players who don't listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> of anyway sorry Um, uh, getting on to the the rest of the four pack guys Um, similar story to uh, the Raiders um, in that you've got a small lock so when we did the Raiders in part one we looked at Josh Hodgson sort of not really fitting in Um, Mitch was uh, signalling that he doesn't think Cam Cam McInnes will play lock Um, Mitch do you how strongly do you feel about that um, sort of like an 85, 90% chance. I, I just not a hundred percent sure, um, on where Fitzgibbon sees him. Obviously Cam was brought in before then. Um, but you, you just look at Cameron's size. I mean, I think he really sort of did that lock role to help Mary. I think they had quite a strong relationship and he sort of did that to take one for the team as captain. He's just a tremendous leader, but at the guts of it, I think Cameron likes to play lock more, uh, sorry, hooker more. I think he's much better in that position. Uh, it, it just doesn't make sense to me to play him uh, at lock. He just doesn't have the the size um, or, or huge amounts of explosional mobility to really offset the fact that he's a little guy, so uh, I, I just can't say it. I just uh, Stu, what do you think his minutes are going to be in the middle? Uh, look, it's it's really one of those things. He is he has got obviously the gas for eighty minutes, right? Uh, so he's had the full twelve months recovery from the ACL. So he's he's got the he's got one of those like from what I can see there. And Mitch, you're probably more up on this for me, but like what I would call that elite level cardio conditioning right oh he, he's an absolute animal kind of like what the angus Crichtons and tohu harris's of the world have we can just play at a certain intensity for eight Pain ass. Yeah. exactly those guys who just have like superhuman well i think they must train hard and be genetic like stuff yeah. as well both yeah, are they on the uh, Paul Gallon Stephen to... Dank smoothies? Or... Oh, <laughs> all right, oh. Paul Gallon. You know what? Uh, two things. One, I saw Cam McInnes today while I was down at Cronulla. He really? Was, uh, yeah, that's it. He was uh, he was pulling out his car. Drink his smoothie? Or... <laughs> oh, mate. He was coming, you know what? coming out from grind, I'm pretty sure. We, 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 just we, the we, found, Paul, we found Paul Gallon's next fight, Nicholas Ward. <laughs> Can we write that one down, Mitch? Because Nick isn't going to write that down. He's another guy that I saw down at Cronulla the other day. So there's a lot of lot of fellas down there. So the um, Paul Gallon, by the way, if you ever walk up to him, like I'm, I'm not a small fella, right? I'm not, I'm not, you know, six foot eleven, but I'm not small. You're beefy. I'm beefy, and I'm, you know, six foot one, and he is a bit taller than you think, right? And he is wider than you think. He's just is he, is he bulked up? Do you think? He, uh, Paul Gallon, I'm just saying, like, what you see on the TV, right, and what you see in person is a very different beast. 
So that you're regretting that comment now, mate. No, nah, not not at all. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, Paul Gallon. I'll, I'll give you his address afterwards if you're listening, mate. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan, Paulie. <laughs> <laughs> all good. So, but more seriously, like Cam McInnes, like I just saw him in his car today because, but I just I saw the face. He's got that long chin on him. I think from that missing tooth, but um. He's he's got elite level cardio, so I reckon he can play big minute stints in the middle. And the issue is, is that I think that Blake Braley, like they've bought into him longer term as a player. So look, it simplifies things if Blake Braley racks off somewhere else, or Cam McInnes does. But I think if he doesn't, I can see Cam McInnes playing like a kind of like a Connor Watson style role. So just trying to run through the gaps in the middle or, and also I reckon you'll have a license to jump into dummy half on occasion, make the run out and then get the pass wide. So, yeah. Yeah, I've got a a interesting take on him. So I think if he plays 80 minutes, absolute stud. So in eight games where he he played the full game at lock, he averaged 69.4 guys. 69.4. Um, and what's more, they're all base stats, aren't they? Nothing, yep. not affected by clearing hey. nerf, for feeder nerf, all the offload changes. It is literally just tackles and running meters. That's all he does. <laughs> Pretty impressive. That is impressive. That he he's probably and I just on a slightly separate note. Sorry to interrupt, there, Nick. Probably yeah. what I would call your number three draft pick as well if he's playing eighty minutes. Oh, it it is just the, the, so many also average if he's um, starting and playing the full 80. Um, what I get worried about, guys, is they're a bit log jammed in the middle. So you've got guys like they brought in Finucane. He's traditionally a lock. I know he plays prop as well, but you've also got Toby Rudolph. He likes to play some minutes. You've got to, you know, feed Aiden Tolman as well. He li- He's one of those, you know, long minute, uh, low impact sort of guys. Like he's not a short stint type of guy. And you also got Braden Hamlin Ueli off the bench, who is that sort of high impact guy. Stu mentioned um, Palakai as well. Isn't you know? I just don't know how you fit all these guys on the park at once. Um, but also McInnes kind of fills in a great role there as well, though, because it means that he can cover a lot of injury positions, right? Uh, so that if something comes up, because it means is that those other guys can, if he does play big minutes, those other guys can just fill in. Talakai can become the world's biggest center or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I I, I said a few, uh, I think two weeks ago when we asked about captains, I thought, you know, McInnes could be one of the captains of the year um, and that's premised on him being an 80-minute player. But, um, you know, so his break-even is 63 and he could be a 70-minute player. Um, I mentioned in the group chat today with uh, Stu and Mitch that I think this might be the kind of year, guys, where you need to have at least two captaincy options. The reason being with COVID that if you if your main guy, let's just say Cleary, is injured, well, who's going to be your next captain? Especially the, if it's and, six hours out or one day out and you've got no trades or no... Yeah, it's... Yeah. It, 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 it could just be a bloodbath and, you know, you've really got to take a look at McInnes and say, is he worth having in my team um, as a potential mid, especially if you're not necessarily a believer in Haas this year. Now, um, that, for a guy, that's, he, that's the question because they're the same price, aren't they? Uh, Haas is 
What is he? 82. Oh, okay. Off the top of my head, Payne Haas, like if Payne Haas was 900 and Cam McInnes is 780, right? It's a very strong thing, but I'm pretty sure Payne Haas is 782K. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, yeah so, spot on. Yeah, sorry, I spent too much time doing my draft teams. So I guess the question is for you guys, like at this point, to recommend Cam McInnes, can you recommend him as equal to or above Payne Haas? I no. am contemplating Cameron McInnes and Payne Haas and not getting Cleary because I think oh, no. I think there could no 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 him yeah I Come think and join us guys there is a spoon in the off no sorry <laughs> <laughs> I think there are cheap half options out there Definitely. you know there 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 are cheap guys that you can shove in there. And, and you can make do until, you know, you can work out the cash to get clear in later. Just like the strat last year, guys. All I can say, right, oh, is no. this there's gonna be an absolute bloodbath this year, guys. So This is this is Nathan Brown esque fantasy thinking. Okay, I'm overthinking Look, our it. league code is 2-K-9-S-E-U-E. <laughs> if you want to come and flog Nick as he chooses free and Cam McInnes over Nathan Cleary and watches his, you know, 90 points every week and beats 60 points some weeks, then... <laughs> Long story short, guys, I work Cameron McInnes as a spicy. Where, where do you sit, Stu? Bust? No, he is a spicy choice. He has elite level fantasy qualities, right? You cannot deny that. He's had a full 12 months to recover from the injury. He will demand big minutes in that team just due to the fact that he is a, what I would call a representative level player, right? And I don't think Dal Finucane has enough minutes in him on the park, right? Just in the legs to be playing those long minutes. So he'll be needed to stiffen up that middle. So I... I don't mind a spicy pick as well. Mitch? I think he has to be spicy as well. I think um, kind of what just, what Stu said, I, I, I actually think he could um, play a bit of lock, bit of um, and a bit of hooker, and he might end up... It really is a question of minutes. If he's getting 70-plus minutes, I think he's he's a, he's a potentially a very good captaincy option. So let, let's say he's spicy because you can't have him any lower than that with his um, pedigree like... Uh, 51.4 tackles a game, 144 metres and averaging 70, uh, sorry, 0.89 ppm. That is just ridiculous with no tries, try assists or um, tackle breaks. So, and that's him at lock, um, not even at hooker, mate. So, that's frightening. So um, you, you just got to keep an eye on that. Yeah. Excellent. Well, on to um, Aiden Tolman. Um, are we guys all interested in him? No. 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 At 625k, he's bloody expensive oh, for what he mate. is. At 625k, geez, Lloyd, you're passing over Christian Walsh, you're passing over yeah, Stefano. He, you, just, just, just quickly, don't don't touch him because I think he's going to play 50 minutes where he averages 43. So he's a bust in my book. What have you guys got him? Bust. bust. Okay, bust, bust on Tolman, too expensive. Don't bother. Dale Finucan, uh the new signing. I thought he was an old man, guys. He's only 30, uh, as we mentioned old. earlier. That's not he an looks... old man, given I turned 30 in six weeks. <laughs> he just looks like 40. Um, anyway, he's 476K. Um, his break-even's 38. His 2021 average was 36.5. His PPM is 0.68, so I'm not all that interested. Um, and it's actually 9% down on his career, average of 0.75. So, uh, 
I don't. No, no, he's a bust, Nick. Like, he, yeah, he I don't. Off. I don't see anything, guys. He's been, I, I think he's a score thirty. A, like, even if he picks up a few more minutes, I believe that he's bought him for a leadership and culture fit, right? To bring elite quality training um, and leadership to the team, as well as a bit of coordination in the middle. Like, right. yeah, and for that reason, it's a bloody good buy. Yes, and because yeah, he, they, they look, they got all these young fellas, right? Who need to learn yep. how to play at elite levels, right? And they have had a bit of a party boy atmosphere. Like they've only just got rid of friggin' Josh Dugan and a few other guys. And, and oh, who was the other center they had in last year? Will uh, Chambers. Will Chambers. So like you know, if you're trying to solve a culture which had those two nuggets in it, right? I think Dal Fanukin is just—he's an adult. I I totally agree. I'm out. He, I think you'll score thirty guys. Uh, Grim Reaper. Yes. Oh, and Dale Finucan. Um Toby, Toby Rudolph guy, uh, guys, he's been an interesting one in previous years. Um, 551K, break even of 44, and 2021 average of 42.5. He played every single game. Uh, disappointingly, though, guys, his PPM went down from 0.7, from 0.87 in 2020 to 0.76, which is a 13% decrease. Because he got more I time, see, I think. Yeah, I don't see the minutes for him. I don't see him maintain. So he used to be like that, come off the bench, maintain the rage sort of guy. Um, even if he plays 50 minutes, which I'm not sure he'll do with Cam McInnes soaking up so many minutes, he's still going to lose lose your cash, guys. So I, I've got him as a bust. I see, yeah. I, I As a bust, I see, like, th- this is just speculation on my part, is that he's he'll either be, because you've got Aiden Tolman potentially on the bench, right? I see Tony Rudolph returning to the maintain the rage days. Uh, building up his foot speed a little bit and just tearing in, which will be great to watch, but he's a bust. Yeah, it, it, good good uh, case scenario. He's got a bust, I think, Mitch. Uh, I, unfortunately, I think he's a bust. Yeah, only for fantasy, by the way, Toby. We love you, man. Like, oh, yeah, uh, great, great players, by the way. So, on the whole, guys, this, this um, entire Sharks forward pack is a, you know... Uh, rip uh, terribly except for the spicy Cam McInnes I think um, everyone else just if you see someone with a light blue jersey in the forward pack just don't bother I think yep. 100% oh. and look, too, there's actually just too many good players there and that's that's the killer fantasy wise that's it though it does it does mean that they have a a great depth option there because really like you might get Finucane into origin uh out of this team and you know Cam McInnes maybe 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 right especially because Appy Coruscant is probably on the no fly list after his um, <laughs> uh, undone fly issue at the last origin camp so he he, he might Shkultsky. oh mate yeah I, I, look Appy oh, sorry mate look I love you at the Panthers but Jesus Christ anyway <laughs> <laughs> mate just to it's just ugly. Anyway, uh, moving on. Look, Cam McInnes is, is a rep level, but look, there's not going to be too much rep action in this side, but it does mean is that if a few players go down during the season or get, get the big injuries, the next man to step up will be quality. Like Aiden Tolman, as much as he's not particularly exciting, he's an NRL quality forward, right? Grand final Absolutely. playing forward. So um, Wade Graham, Braley, even Will Kennedy, right? 
Finucane Rudolph, they're all guys that you would not hate to have in your starting 13 at your local club. So, uh, but look, let's do the review. So in the boom category, we really only have Braden Trindle if he starts, right? Yep. Okay. Oh, Craig Fitzgibbon, that's a boom. He, that, 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 I, ooh, I don't know if that's a boom. I don't know if that's a boom. You just uh, don't like the Roosters again. This is Mitch with his, you know, unreasonable hatred of all things Roosters, apparently. <laughs> nothing to say. <laughs> uh, no, do you know what it is? It's just like, you know, you have Trent Barrett at the at the Penrith who was made to look like an attacking genius. Um, you, you could have Craig Gibson who's sort of made to look like um, an assistant coaching genius. Oh, I need to see I need to see the tape. I need to see Okay. It. I'm gonna give you I'm going to give you my shark stats, guys. I'm going to give you my shark stats. Okay. Sharks, they missed the most tackles in the league last year. Oof. Um, there were some not great teams last 30, year. 38 missed tackles per game. They're the second most ineffective tackles per game at 17.8. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone remembers anything about Craig Fitzgibbon, that dude was a tackling machine. One of the, like One of the greatest, like, Tacklers of all time, in 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 my opinion, in terms of like efficiency and all that sort of stuff, and just the volume of work he got through, I see them having an absolute ripper of an off season, um, doing all their defensive drills, defensive systems, tackling techniques, all that sort of stuff. They brought in, you know, your Finucans, they got rid of Dugan, uh, got rid of Johnson and Townsend. You know, they're much more stable, they're much more balanced in terms of a salary cap point of view. I know they've still got Fafita on the books, but, you know, he's just a dead weight you've got to carry. I see them being much, 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 much better by just simply making their bloody tackles. Uh, <laughs> where are the points coming from, though? That's the concern. Uh, the concern is that it's all on Nico Hines. He's and and I, don't, I don't think he's up to it, but that's just what I think. I got you. Look, I was very impressed. I had him in my fantasy team last year, Nico Hines. He, I went on the rocket ride with him. I got in sort of the week, sort of a couple of weeks before those big hundreds that he ripped out. And it was a great time to be on the train. And he looked quality. He didn't look like he had the speed of Paps and everything else. But he does look like he's one of those guys who just has an ability to find holes, right? Like he just hit gaps right or at least forced people to look like he hit gaps so that the next play someone else went over so he, he looks like a quality football player even if he's missing that elite level top speed or step yeah I, I, I hear what you're saying uh, about the attack Mitch I, I guess you know whilst uh, they were number 8 in attack last year anyway it's not like they were like somewhat elite attacking team like men oh, I think they've taken a step back if anything as far as their attack goes well, if you're going from the worst tackling team to, I would suggest, potentially one of the best in the league now, really from a tackling efficiency point of view, at least they'll be in more games, right? Or, all yeah. right. Well, well look, let, let, let's put the money where, you know, where it's supposed to be, or at least the sandwiches on the table. Let's do that. Let's put the sandwich on the table. Nick, where do you see these guys finishing this year? Okay, I've got them at sixth. <laughs> I can see that. Okay, yep, six. Mitch. I think they've got winning players. Uh, McInnes won a comp at South. Finucane won comps with Melbourne. Hines played for an excellent team last year. And they didn't want to let those guys go from Melbourne. So I think, and they got Craig Fitzgibbon. I see six. 
Um, look, I, I think you make good points. I really do. I just, the, my big concern is their ability to score points. I think their off-season has been the best they've had in a darn long time. I think they're one year away from being a really good team and probably a top six or maybe even top five team. I think they're, they're certainly an organization on the rise. I do think it'll just take a year for Fitzgibbon to get his head around the head coaching job and just get, get um, the Sharks organization into a position that he wants it. Um, I think structurally they will be better. Um, but that said, I do think that there are teams that were around them last year that have also improved. As a result, I've actually knocked them down to 11, but the Ooh. future is brighter for Cronulla. So I do not think they'll make the eight. And I'd be willing to put a sandwich on that. Done. Yes. All right. So, look, I, I'll be honest with you guys because I was kind of making up stuff week for week because I never really put down my full ladder for the year. Like, I was just kind of going, like, off the top of my head, where do we go? And then I realized the issue was is that I was seeing, like, a lot of sides going backwards, right? <laughs> and and so it was like, oh, look, bottom six somewhere, but you can't have ten sides on the bottom six. <laughs> So, look, I, I've been sitting here while everything's been going on for the last hour and a half and just really thinking through how I feel about things this year. And, look, two things have come through. One, I think that the Dragons will finish higher than I initially thought, right? I've actually got them at seventh, right? So I've got them in the eight. And I've wow. pushed. And, look, I've, I've got them a seventh. Uh, because I just feel like there's there's a lot more happening this year and a lot of the sides below them, they've had big spine changes, right? And that's the thing that scares me off a little bit is when a team goes through that sort of revolution of a revolving uh, set of guys, a revolving set of game plan, it worries me a little bit as far as yep. their output. And the Sharks, they've lost, you just mentioned it before, they lost a lot of players, right? Including the number six and seven who've been there for a long time, especially like Chad, who's been there since their grand final win. And you lose a lot of that, uh, what I would call, uh, like just muscle memory, I guess, from the team. Hey there, you look at that person, you know that you're supposed to be on the outside with this player on the inside. Oh, the fifth tackle, you're in trouble. You know who to look for, right? Which position they'll be standing in. So look, I have, so I've also got the, Broncos in an eighth, right? And I've got the Sharks in uh, at tenth. So I've got them below the, just below the Bulldogs, right? At tenth. And I think they're a team that will improve once they clear the Andrew Fafita hurdle and they just clear like a little yep. bit more dead weight out of that roster. They're one more season. Yep. And they've, uh, just, just, to, just to circle back, I, I also said they had the easiest schedule. So they have the second easiest to round 13. So I see them building their confidence and then being ready to go once they sort of hit their harder post-origin sort of games and things like that. I think they should sort of have their you know, marbles together by the time that sort of comes around, you know. Uh, Why well, I've got it, them 11th and not 15th. Yeah. And look, so, so, so I've seen some people literally put them down with the Cowboys down there at 15th. Wow. So. Like your strength and schedule uh, thing, uh, I did a bit of a dive and pre-prepared my letter, but I've been doing similar things, and, and it's that, that segment there that put, bumped them that high. Wow. I yeah. feel the same way as Stu. They've had a huge shake-up. It's going to take a bit of time. Uh, and a new coach to the NRL. Sort of not like Wayne Bennett coming into St. George and really stiffening up the entire side. Yeah. 
this team's had a, had a big shake-up. They've got to learn how to attack. I think I think they're really going to struggle. I think they'll play tight, but they're going to struggle to score points. Yes, and I think I think a bit like the Dragons had like in the last couple of years, where they just haven't yeah they haven't been able to score the third or fourth try to put teams away. So and um, but yeah, but look that that puts the ladder up there. So Nick Nick is very high on the Sharkies, and uh, if in case you haven't listened to the last one, Mitch is even much much higher on the Raiders who had them up at third. So and guys, might be the highest ranking so far. Actually, I don't think anyone's put. Anyone yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, no. I, look, I, I've just shoved the dragons up to seventh, and uh, that was, I think, going to be like a new high for most of us. And because I think you had the Broncos at seventh, Mitch. But uh, six, I think six. six. You did. Yeah. And uh, but then, yeah, third is definitely the highest that we've had off the list so far. So look, I guess to round it up, just quickly, let's go back to the players. Uh, and just in case you've made it this far into the track, we'll, we'll wrap up really shortly. Look, as a boom, we have Braden Trindle if he starts. Spicy choice. We have Nico Heinz and we have Cam McInnes as well, especially if he gets that long minute roll. And he really moves from spicy to like a really solid choice. Um, Braden Trindle is like, you know, is also in the Chuck a Star category as well. Because, you know, you're just watching if he starts. But that's kind yeah, of absolutely. And then the rest of everyone else who we've talked about tonight, unfortunately, is a bust. They're just reapers, all of them. Um, stay away. So uh, except for Will Kennedy, you won't lose too much money on him. So everyone else is going to kill you. Matty Moylan, cards. Jesse Ramian, Will Kennedy, Blake Braley, uh, Wade Graham, Aiden Tolman, Dale Finucane, and Toby Rudolph are all solid uh, stayaways. Please don't see them in your team. All right, guys. Well, look, that is the end of uh, what has been a long consecutive set of sessions for us. Thank you very much for all your insight, guys. Really appreciate it. And uh, look, we'll see you guys next week. Now, next week, we move into the top eight. So we're halfway through officially. And we will be looking at, if memory serves me correctly, the Titans and the Knights, two teams in a bit of flux next year. Jeez, That'll be a good one. It will be because there's, there's plenty of meat on the bone in those teams because, as we know, in NRF Fantasy, the best thing to look for is people who have changed positions, changed teams, right? There's plenty of that action. So, look, we'll look forward to hearing from you. And if you've got any feedback, please hit us up. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram at Boom or Bust NRL. Uh, track us down. Leave us a comment, comment. Send us a DM. Tell us how too long it is. Trust me, our parents already are. <laughs> we'll uh we'll catch you soon goodbye everyone and uh cheers thanks. guys thanks guys take care